The Touchdown City Show is presented by Salango Law, where you don't get excuses, you get results. Visit them online at salangolaw.com. to you from the Stone Church Studio in St. Albans, West Virginia. Here's your host, Anthony Lewis, along with Avon Coborn and Derek Bailey. This is the Touchdown City Show. Welcome into the Touchdown City Show presented by Salango Law. I'm Anthony Lewis in the Stone Church Studio with Derek Bailey and the GOAT, Mr. Avon Coburn. Welcome back. It is football season, gentlemen. And we appreciate you guys taking the opportunity to download the podcast version of the Touchdown City Show. Gentlemen, first of all, welcome back. Woo! It is time, man. It is time. It is time. It is time. Football season is here. I get to uh, beat up on um, Derek for being so negative all the time. <laughs> Not negative, but just he just never looks at it as what it could be. I but call it realistic. I love it, though. I he calls it. it as it is and not what it could be. I'm realistic. <laughs> no, you're pessimistic. <laughs> I'm pessimistic, realistic, whatever. Avon is upset about our predictions of the Big 12 standings that we published two months ago. He's still upset. So he's yeah, he's I came mean, into the studio heated this both morning. Both of you guys got us like seventh or eighth. or I mean, I'm like, bro, why do we even do this? Like, All right, we'll get I, into that. We'll get into that. Hey, first of all, for our um, podcast listeners – I want to let you guys know, in case you missed the press release in the big press conference, I think we got, I think the president, maybe somebody got some more press than us that day, but we are on the radio, as they say. If you are listening to the podcast in, in any of the following markets, if you're in Madison, you can listen to us on WZAC in Charleston, WJYP, Lewisburg, WRRL, Bluefield, WHIS, Montgomery on WMON, Beckley, WRRL, Summersville, WRRL, Martinsburg, hello to the Eastern Panhandle, our our friends up there, uh, Wheeling, West Virginia, on in well, Martinsburg, you can listen to us on WRNR, Wheeling, WKKX, Moundsville, WVLY, Pineville, WWYO, Ravenswood, hello to those folks up there. Ravenswood, Ravenswood and Ripley on WMOV and Point Pleasant on WJEH. So let me ask you this question. Is there any numbers attached to those? Yeah. Those be, <laughs> I, I'm like, hoping our podcast listeners. That? So you, do you not know call letters? Like no. If I say watching channel or like TV station WCHS, well, you don't know what that is? Just tell me. No. You tell me what the channel In is. In WCHS channel 8. <laughs> right. We'll have to go back and re-record all this for yeah, give me some numbers, man, because I know uh, ninety point ninety eight point seven to beat. That's what I know. It, that's what they have Google for, folks. Okay, okay well, Google we'll it. Google. Google it. Yeah. I have a face for radio, so it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> well, guys, uh, it's an exciting um, to be on the radio across the state of West Virginia. Yeah, that's awesome. And hopefully, uh, grow our listeners. We appreciate all of our loyal listeners. Obviously, um, I, I see the numbers, and they're loyal, and they're growing. So we appreciate you guys. Well, let's get into talking some WVU football. First and foremost, before I tear the studio down here, um, we have upgraded as far as the quarterback position. Thanks. Uh, I, I'm happy with the quarterback room. I think – and I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm trying to think of years that we've had deep quarterback rooms. 93, obviously, you had Kelchner and Stud still. I think in 88, you had Major and or 87, Browning Nagel, who ended up going to Louisville. And being a starter, um, no idea. I'm trying to think. Also, to Bulger and Juwan Sider, that was two solid quarterbacks. Juwan left, played in the league, went, ended up in San Diego, I believe, playing for the Chargers. So mm-hmm. there have been years that you've had deep quarterback rooms, and unfortunately, it's led to transfers. But these guys have stayed, so this gives you a solid quarterback room, and it starts with JT Daniels. Yeah, JT, man, he um, he's coming in from Georgia. Um, and I did, you know what? I didn't get the scoop because you know one of my one of my best friends uh, was coaching for Georgia, won the national championship last year, 
and um, I didn't get the scoop on him. And I normally, normally I do. Normally I get the scoop, and and he'll let me know, hey, eh, nah. But um, just from outside looking in, the dude was a stud um, until he got hurt. Um, and I'm excited because of what he's going to bring as far as the atmosphere, the culture that he's bringing. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing that, I, that I'm excited about him coming is the culture that he's bringing. I mean, Georgia went to the national championship and won. You know, you cannot replace that, that experience. And he's going to bring that type. And hopefully he is that leader that is, you know, people are going to follow him and, and kind of see what he does. But I'm, I'm super excited about just the culture he's going to bring to West Virginia. That next level, what you know, what what we talked about, you know, earlier is is having a, a culture of expectations of winning, of upgrading. And, you know, with him coming, I think that's where we're, that's that's where we're headed. It's about time they have some quarterback depth. Uh, that's a huge plus. Haven't had that in what feels like forever. And I think the quarterback room's been subpart WVU for several years. Uh, Daniels, I even, I even think he started a, a game last year at Georgia. He may even started two because uh, Bennett, I believe, got hurt. Uh, it'll be interesting how he, how Harold works with Daniels because they're pretty familiar with each other uh, from their Southern Cal days. And it's exciting just because last year the quarterback play, everybody knows, was subpar. And uh, – I, I'm, I look forward to see how it works out because that's the whole key to your offense. You know what? I don't believe that it was subpar. To be it, honest with you, I really don't. I, I think he. I think if we catch the ball, if our O line blocks better, I mean, I don't think the dude was was amazing, but I do. I do think that he was. He he was good enough. Average would have been a better. Enough. He was an average. Average right. would have been a better word. I shouldn't have said. But up. I mean, but average. he he kept the chains moving. We dropped balls. Yeah. Remember the mean? first pass of the Kansas State last game last right. year? Right off the dude's face mask would have been a touchdown. Kansas State right. intercepts it. I mean, that's not his fault. So it does come down to, you know, will the will the playmakers make plays when the when let's you know, just say let's just say hits. he was limited. Yeah, he was yes, limited. He, he was, was limited. limited. He was not he was not a very mobile player either, which with that offensive line really hurt. <laughs> Especially early in the season. Uh, Graham Harrell comes to West Virginia from USC, previously at North Texas. Uh, obviously, gunslinger at Texas Tech when he played. Uh, Duke could throw the football. I remember I remember watching. I didn't even watch a lot of Big 12 football back then, but he was always on ESPN. Duke could sling it, straight sling it. And you know that's going to be his mentality. I believe – I hate to – I'll, you know, there's always that coaching tree that they t- like to talk about. I don't like to say, well, this is an air raid guy from the Leach tree because when they leave, they change. Even Holgerson played coach with Leach, and they don't run the same offense. No. But um, they're going to sling the football around. And I think with an offensive coordinator, this is going to help West Virginia in the red zone because West Virginia struggled last year in the red zone. I like the fact that um, we got a quarterback – I mean, we got a coordinator that is um, – done it you know what i mean and, and again there's a lot of a lot of coaches out here that that's never played the game and are really really good but i like the ones that have played the game and played at a high level because they can they can understand on, on a different level in my opinion of how and what um what to expect in those times you know we, we all feel things in a certain way but when you've played you can understand how intense this situation is going to be like man okay it's third and five and and you come into the sideline knowing that hey, third and five, I got to make this play. I know what I'm. I because in college it's so simple. Like they don't disguise things. You know what you're gonna get. Uh, if they're a man to man team, you're gonna get man to man. If they're a, a zone team, you know you're gonna get zone. So it's like okay, he's gonna come to the sideline. Hey, third, this is what we need to do. He's probably coming to the sideline because nobody does it anymore. But you just you just know. And I love the fact that he's played a game and and I mean he's been at some big places to to. You know, again, bring that culture, man. I just hope he can establish an identity. I feel like under Neil Brown nice. so far, there has been no identity. Whether it's throwing the ball or running the ball, I hope he can establish an identity within the team because on offense because so far under Brown, we have yet to see that. Last year, every conversation we'd have every week, we would all wonder, what's the identity of this team? And you had no idea. So hopefully that comes along with him. And like Avon said, his experience playing and everything like that, he's been – I think he played with Green Bay was his pro team, I believe is who he played for. So he played up there with probably Rodgers. I mean, so he probably knows a good bit about it, and he was played under Leach. So it's probably going to be pass first, which is fine. But just establish an identity so we know, you know, the team knows what to expect. That would kill me. I, I would die inside. Well, you, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I, I think I, you should run the football personally. But, right. you know. 
Well, obviously, Letty Brown with the Chargers. Now West Virginia has two new running backs, uh, Mathis and Johnson. Um, these guys are highly recruited, highly touted running backs coming out of high school. Obviously, have had to wait their turn. I'm for waiting your turn. This whole new put me in at 18 and let me – that doesn't work. I like a guy that can spend a spring or two, get a little stronger, and and, and come in and, and play. Um, is Adrian Peterson on the roster? Well, Adrian Peterson <laughs> is not on the roster. Okay, then then I'm not worried about it. Yeah, but <laughs> he I, was a man. <laughs> I think Mathis and Johnson are ready for ready for the call. Um, we'll, we'll look at our running back in the room. Right. What What are the differences between Letty Brown and what he brought to Mathis and what he can bring? I, I love I loved Letty. Letty was strong. Letty Letty had some speed. Um, but I thought Letty lacked a quick twitch. Um he, he didn't have that twitch that you know that that most of us is you know that we're used that we're used to. You know, uh uh, uh Quincy, he didn't have a, a huge twitch, but he was twitchy. Um obviously I was I looked at something that um What's number seven? Um, Noel Devine. No, oh my goodness, that dude was amazing. Um, <laughs> if he hit the edge, <laughs> oh my goodness! If, like, he's, if he's on the roster, we can start him too. I'll be fine right, with yeah. that. <laughs> right. So, so I mean, he he. I, I think Mathis has that twitch, and I mean, I don't I don't know if you guys seen the pictures on Twitter or Facebook. That dude is huge too. Like I didn't know he was that big and that twitchy. So to me, he's bringing, you know, uh, Letty has size, but I didn't think he had to twitch. And a lot of that comes with being comfortable, too, because once you get comfortable in a space, you, you don't really work on things. You know what I mean? It's every, we can always work on something. And, you know, Mathis has a twitch that I'm, I'm excited about. Like he's got uh, – and, and last year, you know, before he got hurt, um, in, the, in the spring – not the spring game, but the last, the last game that they had, he broke like an 80-yard run. And I was like, man, this dude, and you know, Letty, Letty was Letty, and he was like, you know, he to me, I'd have been like, all right, after practice, I'm I'm working on something. Like, hold on, he I, just went. Yard. I always thought Letty was a little slow getting to the hole. That's where I think Mathis is better. I think he's more explosive than Letty through the hole. Like right. like Avon's saying, it's like he has better instincts of where to go, when to go, and uh, it's like he'll put his foot in the ground and he'll just go. I also last year out of Letty, which was I don't know what was going on. He fumbled quite a bit, so hopefully, yeah. hopefully that's corrected. If, if these guys, hopefully they don't have that issue as well. Um, but I'm excited about Mathis. I liked Mathis last year. I liked what I saw. And like Avon said, you look at the pictures of that dude, and you're like, my God. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> no idea that dude. Listen I, I, if they can just give us a little bit of what Avon get. Avon was the guy. He Avon every time he got the ball was getting you two, three, four yards. He's moving forward. Right. Nowadays, these guys. I mean, they want to run 27 yards backwards to go put a, in, put all a the white put a white glove on them. They, yeah. They're like Michael Jackson yeah, back there, dancing, juking. Uh, <laughs> Doing the electric yeah. slot, run to the hole. Yeah, get three yards. Get three yards. It's, there's nothing wrong. It's better than a four yard loss. And I think I think Mathis is going to do a lot of that. Like he he's quick to it and through it. Um, and like you said, Letty Letty was he was just a different style runner. He reminded me more of a Le'Veon Bell. You know, Le'Veon Bell was was slow getting to the hole. Once he got it, boom, then he can explode. But I like the the whole quick throughout. Yes, that's what I would rather see somebody just go like right through the hole and get the positive yardage because right. you don't want to get yourself in second and long, third and long. That's not where you want to be. But when you're a big back, I mean, you're you're, you're nine times out of ten going to fall for it anyway. Yeah. You know, when when you're not as big, you you want to because you got to build up speed to get All there. Right. So so that was one of the things that I was like, okay, I get it, but I like that twitchy. I like that twitchiness that that you know you can explode right now. I think West Virginia has to be better at receiver this year. <laughs> I don't think. I know. Those guys couldn't catch anything. <laughs> we already hit on that. They can't, They couldn't. That was awful. Like, we all blame – well, not everybody, but people would blame Daigie and blame Daigie, and we even knocked Daigie. But, my God, catch the freaking ball. You're a Division One athlete. Yeah, I think some of that has transferred out. Um, I think, you know, Bryce Ford Wheaton – I went up to Fan Day, mm -hmm. walked around a little bit. You know, they scrimmaged that he day. He looks like Terrell Owens. He looks the part. He's now, now, whether that translates to the field, we'll see. that's a whole other thing, but he looks the part. And if they do not get Caden Prather involved, I'm going to lose it. Well, All year long last year, we heard how great that kid was, and he caught one ball or something like well, that. Well, they, they put him in the mix last year, but you got to remember, true freshman. I know. That but transition. Didn't we just talk about that? 18 years old, not getting in. Throw him a screen pass. <laughs> I mean, the thing about it is, that could they get – could they throw the screen pass? Well, uh, probably not. <laughs> they, didn't really, they didn't really target him much last year. But, 
he listen, he's physically got it. Mm-hmm. The receiving core is there. Sam James, these guys have developed now. The key is catching catch the football. football. Right. And I think if they can catch the football, which they're going to, I think, get better footballs from the quarterback, they're not going to be, you know, a lot of times, now granted, they did drop a few right off, but sometimes the ball was behind Stop them. giving them damn excuses. No. Catch the ball, catch, man. No, they, you, you, I'm referencing the Kansas State drop, but right. a lot of the drops are behind them. That's not, that's not receiver. That's, that's Somebody dropped one in the back of the end zone in Oklahoma. And it would have been a tough catch, but it was a very catchable football. I don't remember who it was, but that, it was a very catchable ball, and they dropped it in the back of the end zone. I can't remember who it was. I, I mean, you, you have to – sometimes the receiver's got to make a tough catch. You know, you're, the quarterback ain't going to throw it on the money every single time. I agree. I agree. Well, they have to get better That's. I think that's the, that is the biggest – I mean, the, the O-line and the receiving core. I mean, e- even if you go back to when we had good quarterbacks, and what was the um, – uh, talking about him. What, what's his name? Um, he went to um, White. Kevin White. Um, yeah, he was a good Kevin receiver. White. He's he was the... a great. But do you remember that the uh, Alabama game? He dropped like three third down. Pa- pa- I mean, we've always had a – not yeah. always. I can't say. I don't think. I, I, I can't remember. Now that I think about it, I was watching the Miami. I was watching the Notre Dame game in 2002. <laughs> and, and – Phil Braxton. Freaking my brother. I mean, my locker mate. He dropped like I mean, don't get me wrong, it was wet, but I'm like, bro, your job is to catch the football. Like he dropped third down, and that's the key. Like when it's third down or when it's touchdowns, you got to make those plays. Agreeable, I agree, hundred uh, percent. They've got to get better, but I think they're going to get better balls. So I look for an upgrade in that department. On the, defensively, uh, West Virginia has filled in gaps. You know. One of the key losses was obviously Mesador leaving to go to college. Where did he get, end up? Miami. Miami. Oh, that's right. He went to Miami. Um, he got a bag, too. What did they give him? Your your guys down there. <laughs> easy, easy. He got a bag. I'll tell you that much. He got a bag. Well, I mean, him. it's legal now, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Full-blown yeah. tampering. But anyway, they, they <laughs> filled, the, they filled yeah. the slots where they needed to fill them. But listen, you know, when you've got Dante Stills up front, have you seen him lately? No. Bro. But I'm pretty sure he I, – I, I think, you know, his body type is, is – we, we talked about that. His body type is is like a, a Thornton's. He's he's pushing 300 bills, a good solid 300 a bills solid right three. now. Um, he, he – and here's what I like. We talk about this, the development, that COVID year. He is in his grown man body now mm-hmm. versus when he was a, sp- he a was freshman. He was a grown man then too. But, but it's a different <laughs> grown man. When you're 18, 19 and you're playing against 22-year-olds – He's in his grown man body. Yeah, he's now. got four years in the program. That's a that's a big difference. So so if you got if if he if he took a little bit of his dad's mentality, he's gonna be a a, a triple stud. I mean, I, I know he's gonna be all American, all of that, but his dad's mentality. I don't know if you guys know. My freshman year, my locker was right next to his. I had a locker right next to Gary Stills, and I'm like, this dude. He don't care about. He's gonna go to work. Like it, and and he played with a broken kneecap. He, I, I mean, remember. This dude is a stud. I remember before he actually saw the field, like when he was playing special teams on kickoff coverage, he'd run down the field and just bury me. <laughs> you yeah. can just see it. You were like, oh my gosh, this dude. He, he this was sitting behind. Be awesome. He was sitting behind Canute Curtis. Yeah, he was sitting behind some good players. That whole defensive line was solid, though. Yeah, that was back. You're when. talking about Henry Slade, John Browning. Yeah, John Thornton was a backup. Yeah, <laughs> wow. And Ike was the man when I got there. And, yeah. and then you had Knute Curtis on the end with Gary Stills backing him up. Yeah. They were loaded. Well, that's what he needs. He needs to have that mentality. Like, look, I'll like I remember when we went up there a couple years ago, Stills was like, Man, I will kill all these kids. Like, and he liked 50. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like Easy I will, now, he's my age. <laughs> I will kill all these kids. Oh, right wait, now. I'm almost and he 50. probably and he probably did. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm just he's <laughs> no, like physically. Physically, he's like, I don't care. I will I will you give me three plays, I will make them not want to play no more. I mean, that's the mentality that he has to come in with. Like, I'm gonna make but you that's not, that's Gary all day yeah, long. It's crazy. I love it though. I think West Virginia's defense was probably the shining Star on the team last year defensively Absolutely. kept him in a lot of games. Um, unfortunately, offensively the, kept us in kept all the games. To be the honest con- with you, the concerns the secondary. I mean, they they replacing four players back there. You got a new, whole new secondary. I mean, now some of those kids came from the portal 
things like that. But they really love Woods. Yeah, yeah it'll they, be interesting. Yeah, yeah I've, I've been read, read a little bit about him. It'll be interesting how they replace the secondary. I mean, but he he was called the best defensive back in the Big Twelve. Isn't a die coming back too? He's got one more year. No, a die's gone. Oh, I wish. Why did I think he was, he was supposed to be? Was he a maybe a one and done? But maybe because of COVID or something, he got that bonus yeah. year. Yeah, I think that's how that about. played out. He was supposed to be one and done. COVID mm-hmm. got the bonus, and so we got him for two. But um, Canadian dude, be yeah. interesting. Be interesting to see how that defense plays out this year. Because like y'all said, they kept us in so many games last year. It's they kept us in all it's the games easier to last play year. defense. You just pin your right. ears back a lot of no, times sir. and go. No sir, no. It's easier to play because we know where we're going. That's what I think too. Like a, <laughs> to me, a cornerback is probably the hardest position on the field to play. Like overall because that receiver knows where he's going. That corner has no idea where he's supposed to go. <laughs> if I it's man to man, if it's man to play defense. I, I mean you get to hit people. Well I just it was react. Although yeah. I was slow. Yeah. It's unfortunate. They tried to put me an outside linebacker. I couldn't cover those running backs <laughs> in the flat. Well hey the college the college players have trouble. Any college player has trouble covering an well, uh, that's running a back in the flat. That, yeah, that's, that's a matchup. That's what they look for. Yeah. Please, please yeah, put that, me in that. They're in the begging. Flight. Yeah, that running back's like, oh, God, I'm going to be wide open. Please don't overthrow me. <laughs> yeah, that, I tell you what, um, let's let's talk a little bit about Pittsburgh, West Virginia and Pittsburgh. Um, are you glad to see the backyard brawl back, Avon? I love it, man. That is – this is a game that I, I look forward – I had no idea when I started, you know, what this was going to be. You know, I had no idea um, – you know, coming into the game and, and how, you know, you, you you know, it's kind of bred into you to hate Pitt. And, you know, first day of training camp, Coach Neal's like, you know, I don't care what, we're going to beat Pitt. I'm like, what the heck? I mean, Pitt. I, I'm from Jersey. Like, I'm, I, I didn't I didn't even watch football like that. I was like, okay, we're going to beat Pitt? Okay. And then, and then you the whole. Win, you don't want to win anymore, coach. You probably worked. You probably worked on something to beat Pittsburgh every single practice, whether you knew it or not. Probably. You probably, probably worked did. on like, something okay. to beat Pittsburgh, whether you every single practice. And, and and you know, and this is I'm a freshman. I'm I'm I mean I had an ACL. I'm like I don't even know if I'm ever playing. He's talking about beat Pitt. Like I'm like all right, cool. And uh, and and that it's just bred into us. And now that it's around, it's coming right now. I'm so excited that we, you know, it, it's here and. I mean, I, w- I wish I wish I knew what we were. You know what I mean, as opposed to some some hocus pocus. Because I don't know, I don't know what we're going. Pitt, we know they got a lot. They got a lot of tools. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we are. I yeah. don't. I don't know what we're going to have. So I don't know how good of a game it's going to be. Um, but I mean, I believe in us. I believe in you know just th- that WV just means something. And when it comes to Pitt, you. It's kind of like Big Brother. We're we going to make it happen regardless. Yeah, We'll get into some of the predictions later in the podcast. But um, let's take a break. And when we come back, our, our new member of the show, Major Harris, will be joining. I'll be sitting down and talking with him. Um, so for the listeners, the podcast listeners, on Monday mornings, we've got a new drop. It's going to be called Monday Morning Quarterback with Major Harris. And uh, we're going to talk quarterback play. But uh, also, Major will be joining us uh, just to talk a little bit. We're, let's catch up with Mage, talk about his number of retirement. Pittsburgh, my man got a street named after him. Legend. Deservedly legend. so. Yeah. I mean, Deservedly so. I can't believe it took W long, so long to that, retire his number. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's well, embarrassing. That's long. embarrassing. It took way too long. We we know that they're, they're not, they're not, they've never been good at celebrating their own. I mean, it took him how long to retire Sam Huff? Well, that's true, but still, Major's College Football Hall of Famer. Yeah, so when we come back, we'll be joined by Major Harris. But before we do, I got a little trivia for you. This is the Sports sports Fans excuse me, Trivia Question of the Week. Text in the right answer, 304-9696-TDC is the new text line number. 304-9696-TDC. Sports fans trivia question of the week. What year was the last time West Virginia opened with Pittsburgh? If you know the answer, text 304-9696-TDC. And after that, after this, we'll be joined by Major Harris. The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this. 
The relationship between a lawyer and a client is based on trust. You have to make certain that the lawyer you hire has your best interests at heart. This is attorney Ben Salango. Just like the Mountaineers are fighting hard on the field, the Salango Law Firm will fight hard to win your case. Whether it's medical malpractice, automobile or trucking accidents, hiring an experienced lawyer will make a difference in the outcome of your case. When you hire my law firm, you get results, not excuses. Check us out at salangolaw.com. Hey guys, it's buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings. And guess what? You're gonna be a dad? What? No, it's boneless Thursdays, which means free wings. <laughs> You'd be a great dad. Buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday, only at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one of equal value free at participating locations for a limited time. While supplies last, limit one, not valid with other offers, size exclusions apply, delivery and takeout valid on Buffalo Wild Wings website or app, may apply. Foundation problems don't get better with time. They don't get less expensive to fix either. They get worse, slowly but surely, as the years pass. But at some point, no matter how much you wish or pray or ignore them, they need to be dealt with. But there is a solution. Because foundation problems don't get better with time, but they do get better with us. Visit AlfredHomeSolutions.com and schedule a free estimate today. It's time for a Labor Day tent event. This is our biggest event ever with the most cars and most offers. We've got four locations of inventory. Not only are we selling at our main lots, we've got tents at the Canal Mall and Plaza by Trojan Landing. With the best trade-in figures powered by Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer, you can get the best deals of the year. Every test drive is a chance to win $1,000. Buy a car and get your choice of $1,000 cash, no payments until 2023, 250 gallons of gas, or take a bigger discount. Just go to tattoo4.com and see if you yourself welcome back to the touchdown city show welcome back to the touchdown city show presented by Salengo law thank you guys for checking us out here on the radio i'm anthony lewis in the studio with our new member of the touchdown city crew mr major harris major how you doing man oh, i'm doing all right yeah how um so Obviously, big week for West Virginia. Um, the backyard brawl is here. It feels like we've been talking about getting back into this thing for quite some time. Uh, you had your fair share of games in the backyard brawl. Um, talk about what that rivalry is. And, well, first let's back up. What's the summer been like? You know, I know you do a lot of golf outings and you're around the guys a lot. What is – when you get to talk to the – your teammates and guys from other teams what uh, what's been the conversation surrounding the backyard brawl you know what's funny you know um you know back in the day when we played Pitt, you know it was always like a, probably mid-season or something like that so to open up the season you know to play pit you know with the backyard brawl that's kind of different you know what i mean so it's you know being from pittsburgh you know drive to oakland you can start, you know, you can just feel that, you know, they're getting ready for, you know, football. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, they had a game played over there at Hines Field, but I think they just changed the name. So, that to me, that's big. You know, I can't ask for something better, being that I'm from Pittsburgh and, you know, have, you know, mom and mother come up there for the open the day. Then um, I guess they will have game day there. I mean, mm -hmm. that's big. Yeah, what's uh, what's the, the vibe with your teammates? Oh, everybody pumped. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody. I mean, soon as I guess, I want to say in late July, you can see it picking up momentum where mm -hmm. guys is calling now, you know, talking about getting tickets and, and different things like that. Um, Beasley was trying to set up a thing, a golf outing, where we would, you know, golf against some of the pit guys up at Quicksilver up in Pittsburgh. Um, it, it didn't materialize, but, um, you know, you can just see it picking up. Mm -hmm. uh, I know a lot of the guys will be coming into town and, and I can only imagine what that sideline is going to be like with all the Mountaineer greats. And even on the other side, there's a lot of a lot of big names that played at the University of Pittsburgh. Oh, definitely. You know, and, and, it, and it's wild because I would have to say this game probably more than any game is like a rallying point, you mm -hmm. know, for us. Because, you know, in the past, you know, guys would talk about, um, you know, going to different games, but it was home games. Here it is. This is a – this is a, a away game, but still, you know, a lot of guys is going to come and, and stuff like that. So it's almost being that Pittsburgh is like an hour and a half away from, you know, West Virginia. I mean, it's, it's almost like a home game for us, too. Absolutely. 
I know just thinking back um, to the backyard brawl, especially in your your the days that you played. I know in '88 that was going to be a um, they called that kind of a, a, a measuring stick for your team going into that season. Um, if you look there on the wall, there's actually the schedule. So there's somewhere probably in the middle. But what do you remember about going to Pittsburgh that year and coming out of, you know, I guess old Pitt Stadium with a victory? Uh, what do you, what stands out to you about that, that game in 88 and, uh, and that being the measuring stick for that team to, move, to continue to go forward to be undefeated in the regular season? Well, you know, back then it wasn't the, the Big East. I want to say it was the Eastern Conference. And, you know, Pitt always, you know, had a team that, you know, when you go in there, you can lose, you know what I mean, if you mean on your, your you know, your A game. So that's why I think they kind of um, use it as a measuring stick them, Penn State, Virginia Tech. Um, I think, you know, like like I said, being that I was from Pittsburgh, you know, I, I could never really sleep on Pitt because, you know, I know the type of um, teams they had in the past and stuff like that. Speaking of Pittsburgh, coming out of high school, coming out of Brashear, um, what was your relationship like with the University of Pittsburgh versus West Virginia University? Well, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, you know, you know, you hear Pitt everywhere. Um, what had happened is once you get to high school, then you start thinking as far as, you know, where I want to go in college. I was getting recruited by Pitt, but one thing that a lot of people don't realize, when you get recruited by school and then a coach get fired, so now your, your plans might change because, you know, Foz Fazer was a coach. He got fired. So now, man, I ain't, I ain't going to pit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They end up getting Mike Goffrey in there. I didn't know him. I didn't know where he came from and stuff like that. So a lot of times what changes, um, guys, as far as we're recruiting, if the coach is going to be there. You know, Coach Nealon, you know, he was he was definitely um, locked in as, you know, the coach at, you know, down at um, West Virginia. I went to the football camp there, and I just fell in love with it. I said, man, I didn't realize West Virginia was only an hour away from home. Family could come see me play. And, you know, we play on national televised games and stuff like that. So it was a win-win situation for me. You mentioned we went out to dinner last night and uh, hung out. And we had, I had someone had asked you how familiar you were with the state of West Virginia coming out of, uh, you know, growing up. And you had mentioned you had came down to Charleston and, and played in an AAU basketball tournament down this way. You have a lot of respect for West Virginia basketball players. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. You know, I was uh, – I want to say I was 15 or 14 playing AAU. And I remember um, they said, well, we're going down to Charleston, West Virginia. You know what I mean? I remember we played over at um, Stonewall Jackson, you know, school. And I remember uh, they had a hell of a team. Wayne Casey was on that team. And it was funny – I met Stu, you know, Stu Mitchell was on that team. Then years later, here it is. We both got um, scholarships at West Virginia. Mm. So it was it was definitely eye-opening. I was like, man, because, you know, growing up, I didn't really know too much about, you know, leaving Pittsburgh and stuff like that. But, yeah, one of the first games I ever played AAU, we came down here and on the west side. Yep, that's Stonewall Jackson. Yeah, that's all the way here. That's four hours south. But Morgantown to Pittsburgh is 70 miles. You know, my grandmother lives over on the north side. I think you know some of them mm-hmm. are acquaint. We've got acquaintances, and but um, yeah, I could see where a visit would open your eyes to whoa, this isn't too far. It's actually would be closer than going to Penn State for you coming out of high school and coming down to Morgantown. Easy for your family to come down and see you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Penn State might be like two and a half hours though. Yeah. I don't know if it's as far. As far as Charleston, you no, say, I'm, or, so, I'm talking. Morgan, I'm Morgan. talking like Pittsburgh to Morgantown. Oh, okay, yeah. Versus yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh to Penn State. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I remember um, we had a Channel 22 up in Pittsburgh, and uh, we used to get a lot of the West Virginia basketball games on. And I, like I said at the time, I didn't, re- you know, I didn't realize how close it was. And when I realized it, um, um, a guy Milton Redwine who played at my high school, he ended up transferring to West Virginia. And, and, you know, that's why I thought, what is that close? You know what I mean? So I ended up coming to the football camp, and I was like, man, this is this is in the backyard. You know what I mean? Literally, literally. Well, we're just days away um, from the backyard brawl. And uh, what is it that uh, – what is it about bringing the game back that's important to you? Well, you know, um, 
you know, being that it's Pitt, and, and you know, really, it's, it's, it's. I would love to see us playing Penn State again too, mm-hmm. even Virginia Tech. You know, I think them was the games that you know when I played them was the games like the rivalry games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So from that standpoint, I'm just happy that they're bringing them back. Then being that I'm from Pittsburgh, it's just a bonus. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned I know Penn State is back on the schedule in the future, so you'll be able to go to Happy Valley again. I'm actually going to make that trip. I've never been to Happy Valley. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Virginia Tech, of course, played in Morgantown last year. Uh, we go to Tech on a Thursday night. Uh, uh, what, between and real quick because we have about twenty seconds between Pitt and Virginia Tech, which game is a bigger rivalry game for you, or which one got you going the most? Um, I would say Pitt, being that I'm you know from Pittsburgh, right? Absolutely. Well, listen, fans. All right, this is the continuation on the Touchdown City Show podcast. I'm joined by Major Harris in the Stone Church Studio, and um, this is the continuation. And this is how it's going to work for now on. We'll have the interviews, but we're going to add a few extra features on the podcast version for the listeners. So as we were going to break for the radio, um, now we're into the podcast side. We were talking about, you know, you were telling me last night, you can see Pitt's baseball facilities from, from currently where you live. You're right on the campus at the University of Pittsburgh. So talk to me about the the street that was named after you and what that meant for you to see. I saw some of the pictures people drove from West Virginia up, up there to have to be there in your honor. So what was that like for you this summer? Well, you know, it's funny, you know, uh, the joke was um, West Virginia invaded (laughs) Pitt's campus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny. um, Sometimes I can hear the band practicing Pitt's band. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's how close, you know, um, as far as, um, the baseball fields um, from where I live. Um, you know, that street, man, it was crazy. You know what I mean? Who would think that, um, you know, a person or you would, anybody would get a street named after them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, all that was shocking to me, to be honest. And um, a lot of guys came up, former players, even some of the um, 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 TV stations from down there was, you know, came up for it. Yeah. So, yeah, it was nice. I know um... – you know, it's we we joke and, and it's kind of funny that there's a West Virginia quarterback street just a couple of miles away from the University of Pittsburgh. So that's a that's the ultimate uh, kind of thumb in the face to the to, to oh. the pit, in my opinion. I think that's great. Unfortunately, I didn't get to make it up. Um, I think we were at the Josiak thing the yeah. day before yeah. or something, so mm-hmm. they kind of cut into that, and I had to get back to Charleston. But I did. I did see a lot of people. Did Coach Nealon make it up? No, no, he, he didn't make it he up. He didn't make it up. Uh, were any, like, your old high school buddies and teammates there? Yeah, yeah, a lot of um, a lot of, play, a lot of Pittsburgh players, you know, guys that, you know, went to West Virginia that um, that um, from Pittsburgh was there, mm-hmm. definitely, yeah. The connection between Pitt, I mean, obviously, do you feel like maybe you opened the door for a while? I mean, you know, 18-year-old kids now, they can, they'll find you on YouTube or – Somebody like the young man that was with us at dinner last night. It's like I'm sure he went home and YouTubed your your highlights. But do you feel like you maybe opened the door, or created a path to to Morgantown from Pitt for for kids that are from Western Pennsylvania? You know what's wild? When I look back on the situation, it was it was I guess regular students from Pittsburgh going to West Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know I didn't realize it at the time, but um, it was several people from my high school. That went to West Virginia, you know, even before me. And I remember, like, you know, I used to see the flying WV up in Pittsburgh, you know, here and there. But now, I mean, you see it on a regular basis. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Well, I mean, obviously you you blazed a trail for, you know, Rasheed Marshall, you know, same high school. Um, I remember there was a lot of comparisons, and it was probably because – you had a kid, a quarterback that came from Brashear that could run a little bit, and they were wanting to compare the two of you. But your your styles were were different, and you were playing in different systems. But you definitely opened the door for Rashid to come to West Virginia and, and play. He he showed out when he yeah, was down there. Yeah, you know what's funny? I remember Rashid when he when he was little. My sister used to hang with his aunt. His his grandma used to own a store called the General Store. Mm-hmm. And they used to have video games in there, and I used to go there every day and play Donkey Kong. That was my thing back in the days. You like arcade games? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, collect, I used to collect them. I used to have them in the house. Um, 
I don't have them currently. I have I'm, I'm down to one. I mm-hmm. have it stored away. I have an NBA jams, but I love old arcade games. Oh. <laughs> Pac Man, Donkey Kong. Um, I, my probably my favorite game was. Uh, do you remember the old game Gauntlet? You had the the wizard, the sorcerer. Oh, okay. The, yeah. He was a four player. Yeah. I love that game and NBA Jams. Oh, okay. Probably my favorite games. Yeah, uh, Space Invaders, Pac Man. Yeah, um, Donkey Kong definitely was my favorite. Definitely. Yeah, that's a, that's a great game. Hey, so for the podcast listeners, we're going to be working together this year. We're, of course, thrilled to have you on the team here with the Touchdown City Show. Um, for the listeners, um, obviously, you'll get the Touchdown City drop on Sunday night for the podcast, uh, the radio version is syndicated. So it airs different times throughout the course or throughout the state of West Virginia. But on Monday morning, we're going to be doing a drop with major called Monday morning quarterback with major Harris and uh, major. And I will, we'll get on the phone and talk and we're going to talk quarterback play. We'll talk quarterback play of JT Daniels uh, or whoever's quarterback in West Virginia. If there's any other standout quarterbacks in the Big 12 or around the country, uh, you know, Mage pays attention. You watch a lot of football, don't you? Yeah, I try to, definitely. And, you know, I'm a big fantasy football guy. So, you know, I'm always, you know, um, got my, you know, my ear and my, you know, viewing what's going on, definitely. When you say you're a big fantasy football guy, how many teams do you have? Oh, man. I think on average every year I probably have about 15 different fantasy teams. <laughs> and you know what's funny? I got one college fantasy team. They got um, college fantasy football too. So you watch a lot of football. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I watch a lot of the players that I, you know, that I draft. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you were telling me one of the leagues that you're joining is a, just basically like a pickup league, like a rookie pickup league where you keep players but you just – get the rookies that are coming up. Well, it's a dynasty league okay. where you have all your players from the previous years, and every year you draft the rookies that's coming in. So, like, the rookies that just got drafted this year, you know, they're they, they on the draft board now. We picked them up, put them on our team. Nice. They add to our team. Well, speaking of quarterback play at West Virginia, obviously um, I think this is probably the deepest quarterback room we've had for a while. When I think about deep quarterback rooms, I think – when let's start with when you were there, that was I thought that was a deep quarterback room yourself, Browning Nagel, who ended up going to the University of Louisville, um, Pat White, Jared Brown, the, and uh, even like Danny Embick, I think deep quarterback room. West Virginia currently has four guys that can play. I mean, you know, obviously JT Daniels, Garrett Green, who got played in some situations last year, Goose Crowder, who they redshirted. And then the the, um, the freshman, Nico Markiel from Arizona, who was highly touted. Um, when you look at a quarterback room like that, what are your first thoughts, especially moving from an era where, let's just be honest, quarterback play was kind of average over the last few years? You know, I think that's big. You know, anytime you get a quarterback coming from Georgia, you know what I mean, you played in a lot of big games. I think that um, once he come in and then he's almost like a measuring stick for the other quarterbacks because now they can see where they at as far as um, um, quarterback play. So I think it's big. You know, I think, in, um, the like I said, that veteran presence and um, um, the confidence, I think, um, well, we know going into the season that we're going to have good quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just got to keep him healthy. He's had some injury issues that even at USC – Here's an interesting thing about JT Daniels, and and, and think about this, and, and I don't even know if you could picture yourself doing this even. He left high school a year early and played at USC. He would have been a senior in high school, and he was starting at Southern Cal that season. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, obviously he's talented, mm-hmm. you know, so – I think he's he obviously he'll be the he'll be the man going into the backyard brawl. But then, you know, I think, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but could you see them putting together a package for Garrett Green because he seems to be more of a running quarterback? Um, yeah, I can see that. Now, now I'm a little confused. Now, did he did he go to did he go to USC before Georgia? Yeah, he went to USC. Okay. He transferred to Georgia. Okay. Was the starter last year? Got hurt. Mm-hmm. I was told. I have heard. People say this that literally before the semifinals last mm-hmm. year, before they went on to win the national championship, they were heavily considering starting him again in those games. Yeah, that's bad. So, I mean, obviously he's talented. So, 
it's going to just be protecting him and keeping him health, healthy through the course of the season. You know, it kind of remind me of um, what's the name? Play for Carolina, um, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, how he went to the different schools. I mean, that that says a lot. That says you know what I mean. That you got a lot of confidence in your ability. For any quarterback to go to a USC, Georgia, where you know year in and year out they're getting fast star recruits. Yeah, you know that says a lot. What uh, to kind of change, switch gears a little bit. You know, we talk about they went to USC, to Georgia, to now West Virginia. What what's your thought on the transfer portal and how these kids are able to use it and and go school to school? You know, I I think that um, I think it should be there when when a coach. You know what I mean? When he leave, I think, you know, definitely the players should be, you know, because that's the guy that recruited him. But as far as just guys jumping up, leaving, I think they might have to wait. You know what I mean? If you want to transfer, you might got to wait, you know, wait just like before. But if the coach leave, I think you should be able to leave when the coach leave. I mean, going into West Virginia, you redshirted. Was it 80, even 86? Yeah. I mean, did you have any thoughts like, well, I should be playing or were you there to – Learn and, and, and wait your turn. Well, you know what? When you playing high school ball on, on TV, getting interviewed, then all of a sudden you go to college and on the bench, that's a big adjustment period. Mm-hmm. So most guys that go through that adjustment period, man, I'm leaving. You know what I mean? But I had to be honest with myself. I really wasn't ready to play. You know, because once you go from high school to college, you got to realize now you're going to a level where it's grown men out there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's almost like if you run in track, and then all of a sudden you you out there running track against grown men. That's an adjustment period. Some guys, I guess, they adjust better than others. But um, I can honestly say when I look back on it, reassure was probably the best thing for me. I talk about that all the time. I refer to the grown man body. I say I think Dante Stills has grown. He's grown into his grown man body <laughs> versus the 18 year old that played as a true freshman. He's now a fifth year senior. And he's got a grown man body. Your body changes so much between your eight, 17, 18 versus 20, 21 years old. Now he's able to, I mean, he's the grown man that's probably going to take on some young offensive linemen that can't handle his strength mm-hmm. or his, you know, he's up to 300 pounds. But even the, talk about the speed of the game. You know, you, you red shirt, of course, you're not taking a lot of snaps with the ones. You're probably mm-hmm. running scout team. But in 87, um, you come in, talk about the speed of the game and how that, you know, because even if you look back at the 87 season, I think you guys finished uh, maybe six and five on the season and progressed <laughs> in late 87. You could, when you go back and watch your play, you progressed and got better as the season went along. So just talk about the adjustment to the speed for you and also for other college quarterbacks. Well, you know, I think, um, you know, it's just, moving up another level and then you know i i noticed one thing a lot of and you, you'll see it even with the pros a lot of guys that were star players in college go to pros they have hamstring issues and and you know they deal with a lot of minor injuries and stuff like that because it's that adjustment going to the next level i didn't see guys where because now you're trying to run a little harder to get open trying to run a little harder to run somebody, you know what I mean, and it leads to um, minor injuries and stuff. I guess they call it soft tissue injuries. I think the biggest thing for me, I think as you practicing against older guys and then the speed picked up, it starts to slow down after a while as you keep practicing against them. Mm -hmm. I I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah. I know I always, like, I look at the NFL and I think about guys like Mark Bulger who – Obviously, was an NFL talent, but had to go somewhere, sit and learn, and it took him. Th- he, I think, he sat sat on the bench for three years, four years. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that works out being better for guys. You know, I look at like Geno Smith. They threw him in there with the Jets. The Jets were terrible, mm-hmm. and they were trying to make him the starter as a freshman or a rest or a rookie. And I think that just killed his career and his confidence because a lot of times when you've got a a solid rookie quarterback on a terrible football team, they're never going to perform. But now he's been up, unfortunately, been a backup, but he's going to get his shot now. Yeah. But he's 10 years into it. He's a veteran. Everything, you know, and I don't know what he's going to do out there. But, you know, I look at, like, even Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett yeah. Favre, you know. Um, it, I th- sometimes I just think it's better that these guys sit for a little while, especially in the NFL. 
even in the college level, you rarely see a quarterback come in and just light it up as a freshman. Sometimes it happens, but I always say one time around the, the sun, one time through the schedule, and they get film on you, they'll figure you out pretty quick. No, I know what you mean. You know, I, I look at um, even Alabama's quarterback. I think you can benefit from being on an elite team, though, yeah. as, a, as a, you know, a young quarterback. But if you go into it, like most of the times in the NFL, a lot of the guys that's the top quarterbacks in college, they go like first in the draft. So they went to a mediocre team. Right. You know, you look at Trevor Lawrence, for instance. You know, he's going through a lot of growing pains. But if you can be a quarterback that's kind of well, elite, but then you might go to a team that's, you know, might go to the playoffs and stuff like that, I mean, that's a benefit. Um, you, you take um, Kenny Pickett from Pitt, you know what I mean? Uh, he's in a, in a great situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just got to get their offensive line short up for the Steelers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but when you start talking about Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett was the first thing I thought about. He fell all the way to Pittsburgh. Um, do you think? Not. I guess we're kind of switching subjects here. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was listening to um, Colin Cowherd this week, and he was talking about Kenny Pickett. And do you feel like the Steelers felt pressure to take Kenny Pickett because they missed on Dan Marino? Yeah, you know what I yeah I, I can see that. Well, you know, and then on top of that, being that they practice at the same facility, yeah, they see. So they see them every day. So even though it's pressure there, they had to get that right. You know what I mean? Because it would make them look bad if they would have went and got him and to say, you know what I mean, he didn't pan out right. Right. You know what I mean? So I think it was pressure on on both on both you know on both sides. Yeah, I, I, it was funny. I remember watching the draft and I thought and I all I could think about was Dan Marino how the Steelers passed on him. And then of course he goes on has a great career with the Miami Dolphins and and all that good stuff. Well, Mage man, I'm not going to keep you. I know you got to get on the road this morning, but um you know, for the listeners, don't forget every Monday morning, Monday morning quarterback, what what are you looking for? I know you're you're branching out, you know. You've got your number retired. You got you a street, so you've been. You're trying to get out and do some more stuff. But what what are some things you're looking forward to bringing to uh, Monday Morning Quarterback? Well, you know, I just, um, I guess, just from a quarterback's perspective, you know what I mean. I guess as I'm getting older, and um, you know, I guess you see more mature, and you know, I think a lot of times, like I said, even with myself, I should have got reassured. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, you get thrown in the fire. And sometimes, the, I guess the scars that you get from that, you know what I mean. You might can't overcome them. So a little bit of wisdom. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, we're looking. We're happy to have you on the Touchdown City team. Get you doing, going with the Monday Morning Quarterback. So for the listeners, again, make sure you're keeping your eyes out for that. And um, we're excited to have Mage on the team. So, and there's the phone ringing. Where you at, Mage? Oh. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be back after this. If you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this. It's Mountaineer football season at Tony the Tailor. Tony the Tailor is the Valley's preeminent men's clothing store. Master Tailor Anthony Perizzino has assembled an extraordinary combination of world-renowned vendors and support staff with one goal in mind, to exceed your expectations. In addition to hand-tailored clothing, Tony the Tailor also sells quality WVU apparel from Johnny O to show your support for the Mountaineers. Use promo code LETSGO for 20% off WVU apparel at at bestmastertailor.com. You've been in an accident. It's time to call Warner Law Offices. We've recovered millions and millions of dollars for car accident victims. Don't settle for the insurance company's low offer. Call us today. No upfront cost, free consultation, and no fees until we win your case. Warner Law Offices when you need justice. Bobby Warner, now's the time. Call 345-6789. Where do you go to buy your sports memorabilia? Hmm. Your answer needs to be sports fans in Taze Valley. Sports fans has WVU and Marshall shirts, hats, autographed merchandise, gifts, and more. NBA, MLB, NFL, and other NCAA teams. Shop in-store at Liberty Square in Taze Valley and online at Sports with an S, Fans with a Z, WV.com. Sports fans, the Canal Valley source for all things sports. This is Aaron Beasley, and you're listening to the Touchdown City Show. 
Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show, presented by Salengo Law. I'm Anthony Lewis, Derek Bailey, Avon Coburn. Gentlemen, it is time. Actually, before we get into some predictions, I got a couple questions for you. And these are things that kind of I think about I thought about it last year in the offseason. It's you know, it gets kicked around the internet, people talk about it. It's a lot of, you know, cooler talk for the sports fans in your office. Let me ask you guys this. Is Neil Brown on the hot seat this year? Absolutely. I mean, if he's not, then we're we're just – I mean, we are – our mindset is still considered middle of the pack. Like, we need to take that mindset of, hey, this guy needs to make it happen. I, I love Coach. I love his demeanor. I love I love the way he loves his players. But you got to kill. Like, you you got to be – you got to have that mentality. Like, look, we, we got to take the next step. If we don't take the next step – you know, this year, he's not the guy. I'm going to say before the season starts, no. But we'll see how this season unfolds because this is obviously a huge season for him. He has to win. I think if you lose the first game, you're in, he, you're going to start hearing it from the fans. And Avon's 100% right. You have to have progress and the fans. You have to want more. I mean, West Virginia has been a better program historically than the three years that he's coached so far. I, I mean, will he, say that Coach Brown has won the offseason. Okay? Yeah. He's won the offseason. He said all the right things. He brought in the offensive coordinator. He got the quarterback. They've they've fixed some issues on defense. He's won the offseason. What did I say two years ago on this show at the end when things weren't going well? What did I say a hundred times last year? Derek, tell, me, tell everybody what I said a million I, times. I honestly don't remember, but I'm sure I will when you say it. I said if he loses to Pitt, people are going to lose their minds. And we know how Twitter is. We know how social media is. You lose Thursday. It's, there, he's going to hear it. I agree. I, that's, when, that's when it'll start to me. That's when it'll get start warming up to fans. It could be, it could be Virginia Tech he lose to. It, it doesn't matter, man. Like the, the – he he's had. I mean, obviously the COVID I'm, year. Is, I'm not talking about just regular. I'm pissed off because we lost. It is going to be people are going to see it as there has not been any improvements. For some reason, West Virginia fans don't see the fact that Pittsburgh is returning. And we're going to get into Pittsburgh here in a second. They are returning basically like three guys up front that are going to the league. Led the ACC in sacks. I think they were in the top ten in sacks last year. They don't see that part. They just see it as Pitt has been a doormat for so long, and we should beat Pittsburgh. Right. They lose Thursday night, people flip out. And that's, and why, that's, why, on the hot that's why I said it could be Virginia Tech, because people I don't think people are seeing who Pitt is. Pitt has a really good team. Um, however, however, it doesn't – I mean, I, I, I'm one of those people that I don't care what anybody else does. I, I've never looked at anybody else's stats. I never looked at – which is probably good and bad. I never – all I did was focus on, okay, how am I going to get better today? And, and I don't know. I'm reading books now that talk about, like, 2% better. And I wanted to get better every day. And it didn't matter what they did because I'm like, I'm going to outwork them today. So the mindset that 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 I think we as a culture in West Virginia have to have, and not saying we don't because, you know, we're blue-collar – but we got to take that next step and be. I mean, just I mean, we're, we're talking football, but what the city of Charleston is doing is taking a next step to be a, a top tier visiting place, and we just got to have that mindset and top it, to bottom in the state. Just not with football. Just not yeah. with football. Like it's going there. Like we're going to be a, a destination for people to come to. And, I, I just think he'll be a, they'll be a little more lenient with him, a little more patient. Not not the people the people that matter. I'm not talking about the fans. The fans right. don't care. The fans don't. You lose a game, you you get fired. You can ask Alabama fans; they'll want Saban fired. But they'll be a little more lenient with Coach Brown because he walked into, in my opinion, a much lesser situation than previous coaches have walked into. Right. He walked into a situation that was a little more dire. Yeah, That's why I think they'll be a little more patient. On the flip side of the, that, though, other teams have fixed issues with the portal. But, but well, and what I was about to say though, but this is year four. This is his team. There is a transfer portal. He has he has done the things that he needs to do, as Anthony said. There has to be improvement. You go out there and go six and six and get blasted by Oklahoma and blasted at Oklahoma State or whatever, and the way you lose these games, it's going to matter. I mean, or if you go four and eight, then, I, I, I mean, yeah, it's going to be real hot. <laughs> and real quick, just give me one thing. What's one thing – what must improve, Derek, 
for West Virginia to be better. One thing. Give me one thing. Offensive line. Second that offensive line. That's I mean that's that's the key. I'll agree. I think this is this is the year. You've returned. They've returned several players. Milam and they did it in in their defense. They were better at the end of last year. The offensive line was showing signs of improvement. Now in the bowl game, it really didn't show out. But it's hard to run when you can't pass and pass when you can't run or whatever. But um, they did improve. They've returned several players. This is the year that that offense. I mean, it's year four. You have to show progress. Yeah, I agree with you. So earlier this season, we I, I'll text the guys. We have a group text, and I'll and I like to just we just to catch up with everybody. But I said, hey guys, give me your predictions on standings in the Big Twelve. Avon Homer, he's the Harry Carey of West Virginia football. <laughs> hey, and I'm almost always right. So. Give oh. give everybody your rundown for your so, standings. So who I can tell you I can tell you who's gonna be number number twelve or the last. Kansas. hundred percent. I think we all agree on that. We all agreed on, on Kansas. But there's a there's a little bit of there's a little bit of discrepancy when we go to number one. Um I I mean I just believe we have a quarterback, our offensive line is gonna be better, our defense have stood up. So I believe we're going to win the big 12 this year, followed by, you know, the juggernaut. I think, I think that the, the juggernaut in the big 12 is Baylor. They were, they were fast everywhere. Um, Texas who, who after that Oklahoma game, even though the quarterback wasn't, you know, the quarterback came in and, you know, turned the game around. I, I, I still, I think Texas is up there. Obviously Oklahoma. I just, I just want to see them not be, what they are. Um, and I guess that's hate and greatness, which is terrible, but, um, <laughs> um, Oklahoma state, Kansas, Iowa, TCU, Texas tech, who's probably going to beat us again this year. I hope they, they, they <laughs> it's like Maryland, man. Maryland beat us every year when we, when, when I played, like when we got rich rod, Maryland beat us every, I was like, man, how do, why are they always whooping us? And then again, ending with Kansas, Derek run through your list. I had, uh, I had Baylor, and that's just based on last year. And let me go ahead and state this. The only thing I'm confident in is Kansas at 10th. I had Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, Iowa State, Kansas State, West Virginia 7th, TCU, and Texas Tech. Uh, the only reason I picked Baylor is just based off of last year's roster. I still think Oklahoma has the most talent and probably could very easily win this conference. Uh, and Texas, I pick them 4th, but – They've been back since Rutgers started college football. I'm when I'll see it when I believe it. Yeah, I'm sick of Texas. For me, I have Baylor winning the league. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Texas, West Virginia. I think we're better than Iowa State, TCU, Texas Tech, and Kansas. We all agreed on Kansas and Texas Tech, Texas Tech finishing at the bottom of the league. We're running low on time, guys, so let's make it real quick. West Virginia in Pittsburgh Thursday night. Briefly, predictions. Briefly, uh, West Virginia. Obviously, you know they're starting the season off. We're we're going we're going to go up there and and upset the whole nation. Um, we are going to win thirty eight. Not how we gonna get to thirty eight, but thirty eight <laughs> to to uh, twenty eight. It makes me. It's painful to say this. I think Pitt will win the game, and it'll be twenty seven to twenty. I, I'm going to say a few things here. Um, Briefly, yeah. Well, I'm. I'll, I'll tell you. They they named their st their starter, the kid from USC. What's it, Slovic? Slovis. Slovis uh, looked good at USC. He's going to be starting for them. They are going to try to run the football at West Virginia. It's supposed to be a balanced attack. They've got two returning running backs from last year. They run by committee. Yeah. All right. So um, they've got the the kid Izzy. I forget his last name. Ran for 651 yards. Rodney Hammond ran for 505 yards last year. And then the, the other kid graduated, has left. So West Virginia is going to have to stop the run and make the make the new quarterback be in sync with his wide receivers. Obviously, uh, they've lost. Uh, Addison, went, Addison to USC. To, went to USC. So that's an issue. But um, you know what? I think it's going to be West Virginia's night that night in Morgantown. So I'm going West Virginia – 31 Pittsburgh 27. I think it's going to come down to Casey Legg kicking a field goal or 28. 31 28 final. 
uh, in Pittsburgh. We might be shooting too high for those scores as well. Well, <laughs> this could really thing, be a defensive slot. My thing is, if Neil Brown can hit 30 points, West Virginia wins. So I got to put him in his target, and uh, West Virginia wins. Honestly, um, I'm looking for a lot of improvement. And, um, and when you guys listen to, when you guys are radio listeners, go over to the podcast. We're going to get a little bit more in depth talking about the West Virginia changes on offense and defense. And you can find that over on Apple and Spotify. And, of course, you can visit our website at touchdowncity.com. We're out of here for the week. So thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll be back next week. And this is the Touchdown City Show. The Touchdown City Show is presented by Salango Law. Get your Touchdown City merchandise by visiting touchdowncity.com. The Touchdown City Show is produced by Anthony Lewis in partnership with HD Media, the Charleston Gazette Mail.